okay, 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 we'll see what's about to happen next, okay, 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 we'll see what's about to happen. change today the liquor been taking the pain away i heard you was giving your chain away that's kind of like giving your fame away what's wrong with you i sit in a box where the owners do a boss is a road that i've grown into i love you to death but i what's up youtube we got another episode of What's Next with Rio. I'm your host, Mario Maitland, also known as Rio. Uh, I will here to bring you some more content and more episodes for season one of What's Next with Rio. So for this episode, I will be being joined by a student here at the University of Kentucky. This student has one Mr. Black UK. Um, he's uh, also studying kinesiology and he's a leader within his community. He's also someone who is looking to uh, grow his YouTube channel, which is called Junior's World. So if you want to check out his channel, you make sure you do that. Um, he has lots of great content, lots of funny videos. If you're looking for a laugh, uh, he's the he's his channel is the one to go to. Um, he'll be joining us today on episode nine of What's Next with Rio. So stay tuned. Joel Paul Jr., my man, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? What's going on? Man, you got the whole, you got the whole government in there, man. Jeez. Of course, man. Of course, you know how we do. <laughs> I'm already knowing. I'm already knowing, man. Appreciate you for having me, G. No problem, man. It's, it's a pleasure, man, to have you on here. I'm excited, you know, to get to know a little bit more about your story. Um, let's get right into it. We got a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. Obviously, you're from Orlando, Florida. Uh, you're a, you're a, you're a junior here at the University of Kentucky. Um, so what 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 made you want to come to the University of Kentucky? Man, every time I tell, every time I be talking to people since freshman year, I tell them I'm from Florida. They like, they're like, what? Why'd you come all the way over here? But uh, honestly, I get growing up, <laughs> you feel me? Everybody be so shocked. But honestly, growing up, um, I was blessed enough to have both my parents in my life. So they were really hands on with a lot of things that I had doing growing up. You know, so a lot of the times they was uh, there wasn't really I mean, they I wouldn't say they wouldn't let me fail, but they were very like, you know, save junior. Don't let junior get into this. Don't, they, I was really shielded from a lot of things. And I'm eternally grateful for that. But I realized that where I was in life. I kind of had to go somewhere where I was a little bit more uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? I was in Florida, uh, all my friends, you know, and family over there and being so comfortable over there, I knew I had to put myself in an uncomfortable position to grow. So, you know, and being in Kentucky, I ain't have no friends. I ain't know nobody in, in Kentucky. The only thing I knew about Kentucky was Coach Cal and basketball. You know what I'm saying? So coming over here, I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to be 13 hours away from the crib. I'm really just going to have to get it out the mud over here. And, you know, that's kind of what I had to do when I got here. So that's really what brought me over here. No, definitely. Like for me, I, I know exactly what you mean. You know, I, I wanted to get out and, you know, explore the world a little bit, you know, get out of my shell. Like you said, you know, uh, I grew up in Florida. I also grew up in New York, you know, born and raised. But, you know, I wanted to, to see the, a little bit, a little bit of a different environment. And, you know, uh, I wanted to see how my mind responded to a new environment. So, uh, you know, going to UK was just a, it was an ultimate blessing, you know, and uh, my parents put me in a perfect position same just like how your parents put you in a perfect position you know we both have you know some amazing parents that, that we should be thankful for but um uh, I want to get into the thick of things um 
obviously you're a, a, a college student, you know, you're, you're studying um, kinesiology right now. Um, you also have a YouTube channel on the side uh, called Junior's World. Why don't you talk about that and tell us a little bit more about your YouTube channel? Yeah, man. Um, the YouTube, I think that kind of came into play my sophomore year of college. Um, growing up, I've always, you know, a lot of people in my life has always been telling me like, oh, Junior, you're really cool with people. Like, you good with people. You should probably try doing um, a YouTube just because you're such a people person. Um, but I never really, I just like ignored it for the longest, you know what I'm saying? But I actually grew up watching all the like YouTubers, you know what I'm saying? Pre-Boy Fredo, um, right now Kai jumping, Kai Sinet, like all of those type of people growing up, you know what I'm saying? Those type of YouTubers was what I would be watching and things like that. And, um, you know, I just started really, really be cool to kind of tell my story, right? Because a lot of a lot of times what you'll see is YouTubers that kind of get onto the platform and they'll fake it. They'll fake it for people. They'll fake a lifestyle. They fake or whatever. And that only holds people for so long, you know what I'm saying? But I really wanted to change it up and actually be authentic with my story if I told it. Because I'm a firm believer that everybody got a story, you know what I'm saying? And uh, my story may not be as lavish as everybody else's right now, but it's unique to me. And I know a lot of things that I deal with in college or in real life or whatever. I know that, um, you know, I'm I'm a man of God, you know what I'm saying? So I, I know that God puts me through things intentionally. So, you know, I'm, I'm put in a position where I can speak on what I go through and speak on what I deal with on a day-to-day. Could possibly help somebody from miles away, you know what I'm saying? That's that's a dope thing that intrigued me. So, you know, while doing this undergrads things, I'm like, all right, let me give them perspective on what I got going on. So that's why I called it Junior's World, you feel me? Because... I ain't gonna lie to you. One day I'm doing something, next day I'm doing another. So like my life is kind of all over the place when it comes to what I'm interested at the time. So I didn't want to kind of pigeonhole myself and be like, oh, it's a day in the life, this vlogging, this video game, this, nah, like this Junior's world, you finna get, you know, all the aspects. So that, you know, it just kind of fell into play my sophomore year for real. That's awesome. That's some awesome stuff, man. Um, well, what would you say is like the main goal behind your channel? I say leaving an impact, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's, uh, I'm not really worried about like the numbers right now, you know what I'm saying? I'm just kind of worried on like who I'm impacting, even if it's one person, you know what I'm saying? That's another person's entire life that, you know, that I impacted. Because I've had people, you know, after my videos, whether they see me in person or they message me on Instagram, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like this this poetry video helped me get through this feeling that I was going through, you know what I'm saying? Or this video was mad funny, Cause you know, like it's it's different levels to this, right? Cause one day could be a funny video, so prank is this and the third, whatever's going on. The next video, it'll be something deep. You know what I'm saying? It's about depression. It's about mental illness. It's about this and the third. I feel like being able to impact people around me. I feel like it's my true purpose with the YouTube. Definitely, definitely, uh, uh, Joel. Um, you talked about you know having poetry videos and uh, having videos about pranks and stuff like that. What type of videos are you looking to post in the future? Um, I'm really looking. Uh, I'm looking to post really just everything and anything. Kind of what what kind of got me into this. I know a lot of times people be like, oh, you know, when you start YouTube, you got to pick like a, a niche or something like that. You know, what I'm saying to kind of fall into it and make it better for you. Um, but again, like I said, I'm. I'm blessed enough with the I'm blessed enough with the you know opportunity to do so many things and be involved with so many different people and forms of life. So, you know, I got whether it's poetry videos, whether it's pranks, whether it's day in the life, whether it's you know what I'm saying, a sit down conversation with somebody. It's 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 a whole a whole bunch of different videos coming. But we do have a poetry joint coming soon. It's like a project that I'm collabing with my boy Jocelyn Spot on, you know what I'm saying? So that 
you can be looking forward to that coming soon. So more poetry video for sure. Absolutely, man. I like how you said that, uh, you know, for you, you're, you're such a uh, diverse individual. You know, you you got, you know, people from different spectrums of the world. So you didn't want to just, you know, uh, lean to one specific audience, you know, and I'm the same way with this podcast. You know, when I first decided to make it, you know, a lot of people were like, uh, is this only for athletes? You know, am I only going to have athletes on here or, or uh, musicians? And I'm like, I'm like, nah, that's that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm really I want to affect all types of people, you know, <laughs> no matter what you do, what, what career you're in, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm going for. And, you know, I, it's cool to see that we have such a similar, you know, uh, motivation in, 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 in that, in that aspect. Um, but, uh, talked about poetry. Um, I want to ask you a few poetry questions. Um, you know, uh, how'd you get interested in, in poetry? And there's not a lot of people that's interested in poetry, but you know, you're doing it and you're, you're, you're making that your, your style. Yeah, um, I'll definitely say it's more so like uh, poetry kind of became an outlet for me, you know what I'm saying, with a lot of things that I was dealing with with life. It started out with music, and for the longest, I had to wrap my mind around the fact that music is considered poetry, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, when they throw the beat, when they throw the instrumental and stuff like that, it turns into something that, you know, whether the industry likes it or not, it'll turn into some type of music that people love to listen to, but like to the root of everything is poetry. And, you know, some of my favorite artists, whether that's, you know, Tupac, that's uh, J. Cole, that's Kendrick, all of these people, they started, you know, with a pen and a paper, pen and pencil, you know, and get to writing. Um, and I think it kind of made its way into my life at a point in time where I was going through a lot. You know what I'm saying? I was dealing with a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions. I was losing people, saying losing people. And that's, and that's just life, you know what I'm saying? That's just the daily that's how life be going. And I think it was at a point where I needed to express how I felt, but I couldn't really necessarily find the, the words or the voice for it at the time. So, you know, I just opened my notepad. And I like, you know, the other, the OGs that be using pen and paper and this other third, I just put out my notes on my iPhone and I just got to typing, you know what I'm saying? With all these feelings bottled up, I'm typing, I'm typing, I'm typing. I'm like, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? And the thing about poetry is it doesn't always have to rhyme. You know what I'm saying? So I'm over here in my head trying to make this rhyme with this, and I realized, I'm like, bro, it, it ain't even that, you know what I'm saying? Let me just get all my emotions down on the notes and then try to organize, you know what I'm saying? And after that, putting it together and, and, and you know, I like to take my poetry to, like, the next level and, like, add music behind it, add a visual aspect. Um, I started speaking to people, you know what I'm saying? People are letting me know, like, yo, this is dope. Like, you know, this really made me, you know, reflect and feel away and help me get through something. I'm like, yo, that's, if my, if what I go through, you know what I'm saying, and my experience can help somebody else get through their own, that's, you know what I'm saying, that's dope. Like, I, I love that. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Um, So do you share your work publicly or or do you have some poetry that you kind of like keep in a journal, you know? Um, well, I think, I think like all great artists and poets, I think we all have those pieces where we hold to ourselves, you know what I'm saying? We keep it, um, we keep it to ourselves, but then there's other things that we feel like we share. Um, and I think I kind of had to break out of the mindset of, uh, creating to just put out, like, I just, I, I, I feel like as a creative, you know, a creative head, and I know you probably ran into this too, just like working, 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 and there's certain things you can put out. So like, it's definitely like a vote where I have a lot of poetry that, you know, for me. And then I got the other ones where I put out for people to see and stuff like that. But, um, it all blends in together. Sometimes it's out there, sometimes it's not. So what's what's the writing process like? Like, how do you come up with the uh, uh, poetry piece? Like, what's that process like? Bro, the process is so tedious. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Like, I, really, 
it starts off, and this is what really makes it hard. I think a lot of times people be like, you know, you're like, Junior, you know, that, that poetry video was so dope. Like, when's the next one? I'm thinking to myself, like, dog, that poetry video took a lot of, you know, trauma. Like, it took a lot of pain. A lot of times people be like, yo, like, Junior, we need another video. And I'm like, yeah, that video took a lot out of me. I ain't gonna lie. Like, it, it would definitely be like when I go through certain things and I feel like really, really emotional or like overwhelmed or something. It will always start with a song. Like, it, oh, it'll be one song that come on or like I'll hear like an instrumental or something. You know what I'm saying? And they'll just start making me like, you know, I start like feelings start coming up. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't like no rapper, like, you know, because dog, I can't freestyle for nothing. You know what I'm saying? But when I listen to that song, when I listen to that song or that instrumental or that that um, music that makes me feel a certain type of way, I'll sit down on it and I'll literally take that song or that snippet and I'll play it on repeat. I'll sit in the room, cut the lights off, let that snippet roll, and it's just rolling, it's just rolling. I'm just sitting there. And sometimes it'll probably roll for like 40 minutes. And I still ain't write nothing. But as soon as that that minute hit where everything clicks, we get in there, we in the bag. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's quicker than other times, but definitely that music on repeat and like being in my room and being to myself definitely uh, is a process, man. Definitely, definitely, man. I, I want to ask you this. Um, you talked about, you know, obviously you have fans on YouTube and uh you know they're they're great fans of your work and you know they want more and more content and you know they're 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 nagging you they're like hey man when's that next video coming when's that next video coming how do you deal with that like well what's your response and how do you deal with that um i definitely say it's uh i realized a lot like when i was younger i used to be the the dude commenting on the youtubers videos like bro give me the next video what you waiting on like what you think we here for like this like getting like spazzing Man, it's funny because now that I'm on the other side of the, of, the, of the glass, it's like, dang, like, real life be happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, real life be going on. Like, you'll have a week where you jam-packed with exams because at the end of the day, I'm a college student. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm junior. You know what I'm saying? I got things going on. And within a week, I feel like I never had a moment to myself. So then at the end of the week, somebody come up like, dog, where the video at? I'm like, bro, I ain't got time. You know what I'm saying? But, um with creating youtube and with wanting to be where i want to go this is something i gotta fit into my schedule you know what i'm saying so i don't necessarily get bothered by people asking me the videos if anything um i like i love that you know what i'm saying because that's people actually caring about what i'm you know what i'm saying what i'm doing and caring about where i want to go because um nine times out of ten when they asking they know they know what i want to do with this youtube thing so it's more so they checking in on me making sure like i'm still on it you know since so i don't I don't feel no type of way about it. I actually enjoy it, you know what I'm saying, hearing everybody like, yo, where's the next video? I'm like, all right, y'all, hold on, hold on. It's coming, it's coming. So it definitely motivates me to keep pushing it out. So That's the way you got to look at it, man. Definitely, yeah. you know, you got you got that community behind you, supporting you. So if you can just use that to your advantage and take that as motivation, then you can't go no wrong, right? Yeah. Um, as, you, as you guys, as my audience can see, you know, you're somebody that, you know, you're not – you're not someone who's just like in a box. You you don't have one title. You know you're a college student, but you're doing so many different things, and that that that's marvelous. You like that? I tip my hat off to you, man. I tip my hat off to you. But uh, I want to get into uh, your most recent award, most recent accolade. You know you won, um, Mr. Black UK. Um, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to be called Mr. Black UK? And how does it make you feel? <laughs> Man, um, yeah, no, nah, it's it's a lot. It's it's definitely a lot. Uh, it's a lot behind winning that award. Uh, prior to winning Mr. Black UK, a uh, close mentor of mine, 
Dr. Patrick Walker, like he was uh, heavily, he was heavily influenced on a lot of things that I was doing on campus, just as far as mentoring me and uh, being that kind of fatherly figure away from home, you know what I'm saying? And that was something that we definitely talked about a lot before he passed away. Um, and so, you know, after he left and the opportunity presented itself again, it became a little bit deeper for me, you know what I'm saying? Having to um, just kind of outlive the things that he really wanted for me. Uh, but then it became a little bit more personal too when I realized what I could do with this platform. Um, being Mr. Black UK has definitely been a blessing in disguise in the sense that it's opened the door for conversations with people that can really make a change that maybe before I probably wouldn't have been, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know, I know I'm know, i I'm confident enough in my abilities to get me into those rooms, but the title of Mr. Black UK solidifies my spot in those rooms, if that makes sense, you know? Um, so I've definitely been able to be put in rooms where I can make a change and talk to people about uh, different things that are either going on in the community or even on campus. So Mr. Black UK has definitely been that uh, that platform for me. So it's definitely been a lot. It's meant a lot for me. Has 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 you know getting such a prestigious award like that? Um, has it changed you? You know, are you a different person before you know you received that award? I don't think I don't think the award necessarily changed me. You know what I'm saying? Because the things that went into acquiring that award was the same things that I do on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? Like. Um, my 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 day to day, you know what I'm saying, being in the community, talking to these people, uh, throwing making events, you know what I'm saying, just kind of being a leader in my community and my position. These are things that was already cemented before the title. So, um, with or without Mr. Black UK title, I'm still gonna be Joel Paul Jr. doing my thing, you know what I'm saying, and helping those around me. So I think if anything, it's just another platform, you know what I'm saying, to give not only uh my friends and me a voice, but also the black community on a PWI voice and, you know, a stand. So it's definitely just helped. I don't think it necessarily changed me in any way. Definitely said that one. Um, I want to get into, uh, I want to really ask, I want to ask you this. Um, how does that, how does the voting system work for Mr. Black UK at the University of Kentucky? How does that work? Okay, so basically they had, um, I think it was like five to six, it was like five to six uh, panelists, like not panelists, but like judges on the table. And um, they basically had an interview. So there was an interview process um, and all the contestants went through before the, the show in itself. And then during the show, they all, you know, at, at the tables, you know, checking their boxes and seeing, you know, what different things. Everybody has like a, uh, I want to say like a speech, but like kind of like, you know, Talk your talk your mess like what you how you feel like you deserve what you feel like you deserve this for what are you gonna do with this platform, um, basically just explaining what it means to you to not only hold this title but what are you gonna do once you have this title type of thing. So um, it's up to the judges in the front. You know, what I'm saying the crowd can do what the crowd pleases, but at the end of the day, it's gonna come down to them points from the judges. You know that that come through at the end. So what what did you uh, what did you say? I want to know what you say for uh, what were you gonna do. For your if you got mr black uk, got mr. Black UK. Okay. Uh, yeah. all right so um basically what i had told and what i've been working on right now is just finding a way to not only pour into the community on campus but also pour into the community in lexington you know what i'm saying because i feel like a lot of times um people think really on campus and very in a box like you mentioned before and i'm just kind of like okay yeah that's cool we can do that but We've been doing that. Before the Mr. Black UK title, we've been trying to change things on campus. But what are some things we could do to kind of expand 
And um, I actually have history working with the local middle schoolers over at Carter G. Woodson on with the weekends. It's through a program called BMW Black Men Working. And it's um, basically like a mentorship opportunity to like mentor kids and things like that. Um, me and Elena Tobo and Mrs. Black UK, who's been an amazing partner, um, we went ahead and created this initiative called Nurturing Through Generations. And it's basically an initiative that's gonna take place March 5th that gives college students the opportunity to pour into the next generation, i.e. middle school boys and girls, where we get a group of 60 girls, 60 boys, and we bring in leaders in the community, um, some guys over at K-State that I know, and we're basically giving college students the opportunity to pour into those kids and show them that, you know, everybody has a story, everybody has an experience, you know what I'm saying? And the kids, there's never a lack of, you know, not needing mentors and leaders to talk to, because at the end of the day, it ain't always about academics in school, like real life stuff be happening. So um, that initiative is what I wanted to start as being Mr. Black UK, and we've done that since. Man, you're, you're a leader, man. You're a leader. Man, I appreciate that, man. I do. You're a leader. I, I know my audience sees it. You know, uh, it's just right in front of y'all. You know, he's a leader. He's a born. You're born to lead. You know, and that's love, man. That's love, G. For real. You keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, I want to get into. Uh, I want to ask you. You talked about you know being a leader for com your community, and obviously you are. You know, we could see that. You know, uh, you got plans. You're already starting at, at such a young age, man. But uh, I want to ask you, uh, what, what role has the community of the University of Kentucky play as a major support system and how good have they been supporting you? Oh, man, um, I definitely say uh, first, first and foremost, you know, it's only so much. It's only so much representation and support you can get being at a PWI as a black student. And I know you I know you know exactly what I mean, but um, in the terms of my own community and how much they've helped me. It's been amazing, you know what I'm saying? There's countless names that I could list off, starting with, you know, Mr. Jamal in the MLK Center, my late mentor, Dr. Patrick Walker, Jasmine Prince, who's also in the MLK Center, and a whole Mark. There's a whole bunch of people in the community on campus who have literally looked out for me from the moment, you know what I'm saying, from the moment I met them, you know what I'm saying? They, they saw my goals and my dreams way bigger than I probably could have seen them, you know what I'm saying? And they believed in these dreams and they believed in me. They invested time and effort and all these things into me, and it's definitely helped me get to where I needed to be. You know what I'm saying? They helped me not only find my work, but be able to be intentional with what I do and be and have that discernment and kind of figure out what's working and what's not. So, the support from my friends and family is it's been is there's never been a let up. Like it's been amazing. You got it. You got it. You're on the right track, my man, because you got you got the perfect character you know you're a people person you're also a leader as well but um you, you got the the extra pieces as well you know you got the great support group that and the mentors and you know uh the strong su support system in uk you know you got it all and I i'm excited to see what you're gonna do in the future but uh you're mr black uk i want to get your uh take on black history month you know obviously you know this has this is an amazing month for African Americans. You know, it means a lot. You know, for me and me uh, personally, and I'm sure it means a lot to you as well. But um, I want to get to know um, what do you think we have to do? You know, as a society, as a community, to uh, continue to stay on the right track to gain equality in America. Um, I think two things. Uh, first, when I think of all of this in Black History Month, the first thing that comes to my mind is Black empowerment. And um, that looks really, really different depending on how you're looking at it. I know me personally, uh, I struggled with loving myself for the longest, you know what I'm saying? Not only just my parents, but just kind of like 
just being black in America, being in a world where it seems like you're not necessarily wanted, or they killing you, or they trying to, you know, trying to take you out. I've definitely struggled with loving myself and appreciating my blackness, you know what I'm saying? And standing firm in that I'm a black man. Um, and I know my sister growing up with an older sister, I've seen her. And again, this is just from the outside looking in. I know it's so much harder for, for her, you know, being a black woman in America, dealing with loving herself, you know what I'm saying? Standing confidently in herself when the world is telling you otherwise. So I think one of the biggest things I, I, I think about and I try to take a stand on is that black empowerment. Um, so actually with the event that I was talking about, uh, we're actually having black empowerment haircuts for the boys. So we're giving free haircuts to the guys, um, free facial and skincare to the girls that day. Um, we were able to run up some funding for that so we can, you know, pay for that for the kids and things like that. So starting starting off with the, you know, young generation, you know, and, and, and going and branching off from there, letting them know the importance of loving themselves, you know what I'm saying, and, and understanding where they at. But um, not only black empowerment, but the second thing, uh, just starting with your community. I feel like a lot of times, you know, uh, it's that assumption that, you know, all skin folk is kin folk, but uh, holistically it's not. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times um, there's division within the black community. And I feel like, you know, we got to start with ourselves, you know what I'm saying? Come together as one, you know what I'm saying? And try to solidify ourselves and um, really just help us attack, you know, attack and take down those things that are so set up systematically to mess us up. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of this stuff, whether it's systematic racism, whether it's every, it's like a social construct that was here before we even got here. Um, and that's not something that we can just tag team, you know, just do alone. We got to, you know, work together to try to take those things out. So definitely self-empowerment for the first one and working together for the second one. You got it. You got it. Um, you talked about black empowerment. You know, being black in America, it's not easy. You know, uh, I think we all know that. And, you know, we came a long way. Uh, African-Americans, you know, life life for African-Americans is definitely improving, you know compared to what it was back in the, you know, 1800s. But I want to ask you, um, you know, uh, have you ever been discriminated or anything like that, faced any racial prejudice or any, anything of that kind, you know, being uh, for being uh, African-American? Ha has that ever happened to you? Uh, most definitely. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's like um, a lot of times it's, it's levels to it. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's more so of a question of like, you know, if it happens, it's like some of it more subtle than others. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know you know, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. <clears throat> yeah, so it definitely be like, I mean, growing, I wasn't always in Florida, actually. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't born and raised in Florida. I was actually born and raised up north, just like you. Like I was from, I'm from Maryland, so I'm from up north, and it ended up. A lot of people in the podcast don't know. I've been on Rio. You know what I'm saying? That's that's been my dog for the illest. You know what I'm saying? And uh, what's it called? But yeah, being up north, I wasn't exposed to as many. Um, of my people as I was, you know, when I was in Florida. So early on in my life, it was definitely a lot of uh, disconnects that I never understood at the time. You know what I'm saying? Being the only black person in the classroom and I was, you know, up north early on, I didn't understand the tension. I didn't understand the the the, uh, the neglect that I would get from my teachers or my, or my, you know, and it wasn't all of the teachers, but certain teachers, certain professors, certain um, people would just look at me different. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't understand it at a young age, but I'm older, I realized like, yo, this joint ain't going on, you know what I'm saying? It's been, and actually seeing it from my parents, you know what I'm saying? Seeing what my parents have to deal with being immigrants in this country at that, you know what I'm saying? Having access and like, it's it's something that we've been dealing with for, I've, I've been personally dealing with my whole entire life, so. Exactly, I know what you're saying, man. I know for me personally, you know, uh, very similar to like what you're saying, you know, I'm from up north and all that, but uh, I haven't, 
well, let me, let me make this straight. Um, the stuff that I saw is really about, you know, I've seen my parents, you know, get racially uh, discriminated and et cetera. But, you know, for me personally, up until a few weeks ago, I, I, I actually realized what it was like being, you know, uh, African-American. Junior, I'm coming to record to my stu- I'm going to my studio to record. I'm on my way. You know, I'm leaving my apartment complex and uh, I get stopped. You know, not by a police officer or nothing like that. I'm walking to my car. You know, I have my, I have my duffel bag and and I have my uh, all my tools in it. My 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 microphone, my my uh, recording device. You know, I have everything packed up in my in my duffel bag. And I'm walking out my apartment and I get stopped by my own apartment complex uh, maintenance man. And you know, he stops me and he says, uh. You got any drugs in that bag? Oh, you lying. He playing, boy. Nah, see, that's the type of stuff. And I say, you know, obviously, you know, I, the way how I react, I'm like, why, why is this man asking me, you know, if I have drugs in my bag? So, I, you know, I respond, you know, and I say, uh, excuse me. Like, you know, I'm kind of like, excuse me. And yeah. you know, he says, oh, you know, uh, he tries to change the subject now. And he's like, oh, um. Uh, you play for you play for UK. You're an athlete. There he go again. There he go again, bro. There he go again. I'm like, no. I, I, why do I have to be an athlete? You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know. And then he says, "Uh, oh, because you have a bag. Uh, uh, you have a bag, so uh, you're an athlete. You know." But uh, I kind of just you know walked away, and and uh, you know that was my first time ever you know feeling some type of you know racial uh, discrimination. You know, uh, but. You know, it really opened my eyes, you know, just to just to realize, you know, that, you know, racism is still here. You know, yeah. it might not be, you know, so apparent, but it's the it's definitely, you know, it's definitely here. But uh, I want to get into uh, some more things about Black History Month. Um, Who do you respect the most, you know, when it comes to uh, African-American history? If you have one person, you know, that you would pick, uh, who's the who's the who's the guy you're going with? Who? That is tough. That is tough. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a tough question. Man. I mean, there's so many, right? But you know what, bro? I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't even think I'd necessarily be a man. I'm probably going to have to go with Angela Davis because of everything she she's saying. Angela Davis, for those who don't know, is you know, the lady with the afro, bro. Like, she, everything she's still for in a sense of empowerment, not only for black Black individuals, but women in history. You know what I'm saying? Angela Davis was such a dope figure. Um, alongside, oh my gosh, Huey P. Newton. Um, he founded the Black Panthers. I think that was one, for me personally, I feel like that was such a dope, that's such a dope movement. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, at the time where it was brought together, you know what I'm saying? At the time where it was, I mean, it's still, it's always lethal to be black in America, but at that time, it was, it was real lethal. You know what I'm saying? Being a black male in America, but they understood that, you know, we have to fight back. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not going to come in and give us the same grace that they're going to give our white counterparts. So um, let's create this regime. Let's create this this uh, group where we can feel together and we can feel empowered and we can have our back. So um, U.P. Newton and Angela Davis, for sure. Those are leaders of their communities, you know. Um, and like yourself, you know, you're a, you're a leader of the community, um, especially for the University of Kentucky. You're, the, you're a leader in your community. Um, so what what are some values you need to you know have that you must have actually to be a a leader in anything you want to do like what are some values that you got to have 
One of the biggest things I'll definitely say, uh, you have to have you have to have the ability to work with others, you know? Um, I feel like a lot of times people think you get to uh you get to this next step, you know, by yourself. I feel like a lot of times social media glorifies self-made. I'm self-made, I did this on my own. Um, you know, saying I'm the reason I'm here. A lot of people like to say that, but anybody who told you they got to where they at by themselves, they did it by themselves, they lied to you. They lied to you. You know what I'm saying? It's even if it's that one other person. It's, 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 it's the people that you have around you, the people that you surround yourself that help you elevate to that new level. Um, I definitely say throw away that pride, you know what I'm saying? Just thinking that you can do everything by yourself or it, it, sometimes it doesn't even have to be pride. Thinking you have to do everything by yourself. It's not like that, you know what I'm saying? I say definitely um, where I'm at when it comes to my leadership in, in, in the community has been through the help of other people, you know what I'm saying? You'll see me, but behind me is like, my mama, my dad, you know what I'm saying? My girlfriend, my family, my friends, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's definitely not just you. So I definitely say just throw away that concept of you doing it by yourself. It's going to take, you know what I'm saying? It's going to take numbers. It's going to take a community behind you. Um, and then I, I would also say uh, tap into something bigger than yourself. I know a lot of times when people think of leadership, they uh, they kind of have a strategic, like, be responsible, be respectful, be those things fall into line, right? But I think it's important that these are things that a lot of people don't talk about. Believing in something greater than yourself. And I'm not trying to put God on anybody. It doesn't have to be God. My person is God. It doesn't have to be God. It could be um, an idea. It could be a belief. You just have to believe in something greater than yourself because um, there will come a time where everybody will fail you once or twice. And there will come a time where you'll fail as well. Who are you going to turn to when all else fails? You know what I'm saying? You have to have, there has to be a bigger source. And that could be friends. That could be family. That could be love. That could be whatever. But there has to be something bigger than yourself. It could be your why. It could be why you started leading the community, why you started speaking life into everyone around you. But there has to be something that motivates you and that fuels you to do the things that you do. So definitely having that higher power or higher something to hold on to. Nah, you see that's that's exactly what it is my man i mean like it's no one no one like you said no one ever you know gains success by themselves you know it's it's they always got a circle around them you know their their support group you know even for myself you know i i i recently you know i got interviewed for a, a newspaper in lexington, lexington. Yes, sir. yeah 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 i appreciate that and you know uh you know when they at when they asked me you know if I if I did everything by myself you know uh, they wanted to know if I you know they was like who who's doing this who's doing the editing who's doing the marketing, and you know I just kind of laid I laid it all out on them and I was just said you know yeah me you know I'm doing it all but you know obviously you know there's people in my circle that's you know riding with me you know giving me ideas you know my family my friends my girlfriend you know they're all you know pitching in and you know doing the little things that keeping me keeping me motivated keeping me you know ready to go before episodes you know making sure you know i'm posting stuff and i'm, I'm making my uh, audience engaged on social media you know so although you might see me and you might you know hear that you know i'm the only one doing you know i'm doing it all but <laughs> it's not yeah, really true. you know deep deep down you know there's other people that are playing a part too so uh just like how you said you know you you hit the you hit the cue on that um i want to get into uh where do you get your uh motivation from you know uh obviously you got 
you got so many things going for you. You know, you're you're a leader in your community. Like I said, you know, you're a writer. You you write poetry. You got your YouTube channel. You know, you got so many things from different avenues, and it's just amazing to see, right? But you know what? Obviously, there's stuff deep down that's motivating you. And um, I want to ask you, you know, what's been your you know greatest motivation so far? It's a lot of things. I love that question, by the way. I appreciate you for that. Um, I think it's a lot of things that motivate me. Um, but I think the one that kind of holds weight in my life is just uh, the people that I've lost, um, the people who may not be here in person to kind of see how this story ends. You know what I'm saying? The people that believed in me that aren't necessarily here anymore. I think though that's my biggest motivation. You know what I'm saying? Whether that's, you know, my grandmother, my mentor, my family, my friends that I've lost. I feel like, um, and this, again, this could be coming just from my religious background, but I feel like I'm putting on for them. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they kind of got front row seats of Junior's world, you know what I'm saying, from heaven. So I feel like a lot of times they're my biggest why and they're the reasons that I do the things that I do. Um, and just, I think, understanding the fact that uh, this life isn't just for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I could live this life just trying to please myself and do what makes me happy, but that's no, that's not going to hold weight. That's not going to stand. You know what I'm saying? I think it's uh, your life, the value of your life is determined by how much you impact and influence others. You know what I'm saying? So that it's, it's an impact that even if I was, God forbid, I was to leave this earth within the next 24 hours, you know what I'm saying? Um, I want people to know how I made them feel. Nobody ever forgets how you feel, how you made them feel. Yeah. So, um, I think that's my biggest motivation, creating an impact and, um, doing the things that I told my, my, my loved ones that I've lost that I would do. Yeah. Um, I like how you said, uh, you know, when you leave this earth, you know, you always want people to remember how you made them feel. Uh, you know, Kobe Bryant is a perfect example of that. You know, when he hit us, it hit us and we didn't know, you know, no one could believe that, you know, someone like yeah. Kobe Bryant, you know, would pass away, but you know, Obviously, it's been a while. It's probably been, I think it's been two years so far. And, you know, crazy, crazy. we never forget how he made us feel, you know, regardless of what he did. We never forget. And mm -hmm. that's just evidence to what you were saying. But um, I want to get into our last two questions, you know, here on What's Next with Rio. We always end out with two questions. Um, what's next for you, Junior, um, Joel Paul Jr.? And um, where do you see yourself five years from now? Uh, what's next for me? Uh, I definitely just say, you know, like blessings, blessings. Uh, I've been, I feel like a lot, I've definitely been putting myself in those important rooms, um, in those conversations, meeting with those people. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, I feel like once you, whatever you sow, you will reap, you know what I'm saying? And I've been putting a lot of time and work into different projects, you know, not just for my YouTube and myself, but for the community and for my people around me. Um, so I can definitely see a lot of blessings coming in soon, uh, you know, and that's, that's by the grace of God. Uh, okay, in five years from now. Five I, years. Five years from now, I see myself um, definitely, definitely, uh, pouring back into the positions where I once was, you know what I'm saying, on campus and, and the people that are around me, just kind of tapping back in with those um, the people in my life. Um, definitely, definitely seeing myself in my profession as a chiropractor or PT, you know what I'm saying, I'm still kind of trying to figure out just as a physical therapist or a chiropractor, 
um, but also documenting my life experiences through YouTube, even at that stage, you know what I'm saying? Letting them know what it's like as a day in the life as a chiropractor, as a, you know, physical therapist, and, you know, this, that, and the third, while I'm also doing my poetry and my art and my creativity. Um, I just see myself in a more advanced place than where I'm at now, you know? So that's where I see myself, man. My God, man. That's awesome, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Joel Paul Jr. for you. Uh, make sure you go uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel called Junior's World. Uh, he got a lot of funny videos on there. So, and, and lots of poetry as well. So uh, he got it all different different types of uh, activities and, and stuff like that, you know, all on his channel. So check that out. Um, as for this episode, uh, my viewers, uh, make sure you hit that like button and hit that subscribe button as well. Um, that would be doing us a great favor here on what's next with Rio. Um, as for this one, uh, junior, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, I wish you all the, all the best. Um, you're a blessed individual. Um, you're Mr. Black UK. You're, uh, an amazing artist an amazing, uh, writer as well. Um, and you're someone who is a, a remarkable leader in your community, man. Keep it going. Um, no, I'm rooting for you, man. And I'm all also right. a fan of, fan of yours, my guy. All uh, right, that's all we have for today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm signing out. Stay tuned for the next episode of What's Next with Rio.